0: Today we're going to tell some stories concerning a cataclysmic explosion that turned much of Beijing into rubble nearly 400 years ago. Historians estimate that over 20,000 people were killed or injured, but the mystery of what happened has yet to be solved. In December 2017, with Spring Festival just around the corner, Beijing authorities passed a revised regulation banning fireworks in the city proper in an attempt to control air pollution and reduce casualties caused by the products. District authorities outside the Fifth Ring Road were allowed to establish areas where fireworks were fully banned or merely restricted. Now leap forward to January 1st of this year. The use of fireworks throughout the city was entirely banned. But the party won't stop completely. The newly opened Universal Studios theme park in the southeast part of Beijing will be permitted to stage firework displays, as approved by police. And during public celebrations and holidays, officials may organize firework displays, but only after approval by the municipal government. Why all the fuss? After all, what's a Chinese festival without the constant crackle of fireworks overhead? Well, perhaps some city officials have heard about The mystery of Beijing's Big Bang. It was around 9 a.m. on May 30th, 1626, in Beijing, the capital of China's Ming Dynasty, which lasted from 1368 to 1644. In this heavily populated city, which is estimated to have been between 800,000 to 1,000,000 at the time, people could never have imagined that on this beautiful sunny spring morning, They were about to witness the deadliest explosion to have ever occurred in human history up to that point according to survivor accounts of the event it all began with a beast-like roaring sound coming in from the northeast and like a wave it swept over other parts of the city what quickly followed was a huge fireball stretching beyond the horizon Meanwhile, crowds of strangely shaped clouds kept building up and loomed over the city. A giant mushroom cloud appeared, and all of a sudden the sky turned dark. With a huge bang bursting through the dusty air, trees were uprooted, thousands of houses were shattered to the ground, and a large portion of the city was left in rubble. Since the blast happened during the reign of Emperor Tianqi, it subsequently became known as the Great Tianqi Explosion. Perhaps the most detailed account of the explosion can be found on a public notice that was distributed at the time, called Official Notice of Heavenly Calamity. The official report, which includes several interviews with survivors, was supposedly made based on a field investigation by the author, but his identity remains unknown. The report's focus was centered on the Wangongchang Armory, which was located in the southwestern corner of the inner city of Beijing, about three kilometers away from the Forbidden City. As the Royal Armory, it was one of the biggest gunpowder workshops in the capital and was believed to be the epicenter of the explosion. Now, if you've been studying Chinese at all, you've probably learned the terms Wang for King and Gongchang for Factory, but this time the character Gong is different, and instead of translating Wang Gongchang as King's Factory, it's actually just a place name. But as place names go, it's a step up from its previous moniker, which was Guan Cai Hutong, which translates to Coffin Lane. And yet, Coffin Lane may indeed have been a more suitable name, because everything within a blast radius of 750 meters was practically leveled, That's an area of around 2.25 square kilometers. But the residents in downtown Beijing were not the only victims. Some suburbs and several neighboring towns were also hit hard with reports of economic loss and injuries. As I said in the intro of today's podcast, it's estimated that over 20,000 people were either killed or injured in this calamity. That's one out of every 40 people. The aforementioned public notice described just how destructive the explosion was. Streets became unrecognizable, littered with splintered wood and debris of every kind, not to mention body parts, both animal and human. The entire capital was utterly obliterated. And what was particularly mysterious about this event was that many victims were found naked after the fireball rolled through the city, and strangely, It wasn't only the victims. Many survivors experienced the same phenomenon. Here are a few excerpts from the report. One lady was traveling in a sedan chair when the explosion struck. But unlike so many others, she was lucky. She, together with her servants, came out safe and sound. All that was missing was the fabric roof on the sedan chair she was riding in, along with all their clothes, which were nowhere to be found. Not-so-lucky was another lady across the street, who vanished instantly into dust and smoke. One ill-timed visitor to the capital was a young man named Zhou Yu from Zhejiang province in southeast China. He came to Beijing to study and meet up with six friends. As they were having a chat in the street, the explosion struck the city, taking his life while his friends narrowly escaped. And every parent's nightmare. In a primary school, 32 faculty members and students were reported missing in the aftermath of the explosion. People were in complete panic and rushing around for their lives. There was even a herd of elephants that had escaped from the palace grounds rampaging through the streets. Amid the fear and chaos, they stampeded, leading to even more deaths and injuries. As we all know, Mother Nature has no regard for rank or status, and there was no such thing as privilege when the disaster struck. Influential figures and ordinary people alike were equally impacted by the destruction. Several officials in the city were killed, injured, or went missing in the explosion, and some were reportedly buried alive in their homes. Even Dong Kowei, the head of the Ministry of Works, which is the organization that supervised the six armories in China during the Ming era, lost both his arms in the disaster. And poor little Prince Zhu Zijiong, who was only seven months old at the time, and Emperor Tianqi's only remaining heir, died from shock. And you might naturally ask, what about the emperor himself? It was said that Emperor Tianqi was in the Forbidden City, having breakfast at the royal residence called Chinching Palace, or Palace of Heavenly Purity, when he felt the building tremble slightly. Tian Qi, who was famously more interested in carpentry than ruling the country, realized that the palace was about to collapse at any moment, so he ran for his life. He bolted out so fast that only one single guard followed, though that unlucky guard was later killed by a falling roof tile. In the end, the emperor managed to escape injury by hiding under a wooden table that, as the story goes, was handmade by himself. Meanwhile, back in Qianqing Palace, tables and chairs were overturned and many servants were killed. Over 2,000 workers who were renovating various palaces for the royal family were shaken off the scaffolding and rooftops and found dead on the ground. The destruction caused by the explosion was unprecedented and its aftermath profound. People died, went missing, or suffered from injuries and immeasurable economic loss. Even the enormous stone lions, weighing almost two and a half tons, were toppled. Missing bodies, uprooted trees, and people's clothes were later found in several remote regions of Beijing, which further complicated the whole case. In the wake of the explosion, The Ming government ordered a thorough investigation into the event, but the common folk didn't need any investigation. They saw the explosion as punishment from God and knew exactly who to pin the blame on. In those days, it was commonly believed among the general public that Wei Zhongxian, a notoriously powerful court eunuch, must take the blame as he was well known for continually meddling in state affairs and corrupting the country. Nevertheless, the emperor, who had long been quite close to Wei, chose to ignore public appeals for his ouster, and in fact became even more dependent on him. Ultimately, the investigating team concluded that the blast emanated from a stockpile of black powder at Wang Chang Armory, and since responsibility had to fall on someone, Dong Kwe the head of the Ministry of Works that I mentioned earlier who lost both arms in the explosion, turns out the emperor pinned the blame on him and removed him from his post, claiming that poor management had led to the blast. But that decision must not have gone down too well with the citizenry, because to ease public anger and try to win back their respect, Emperor Tianqi declared a repentance edict saying he would personally offer his conciliation to heaven he instructed all the Chinese and foreign officials and commoners to wear plain clothes and do their utmost to cleanse their hearts and reflect on themselves in hopes that the dynasty could have lasting prosperity. The following year, at the tender age of 23, Emperor Tianxi died, leading to the eventual fall of the Ming dynasty 18 years later. Though the investigation was completed, we are left wondering just how reliable was this report, the official notice of heavenly calamity. Is it even true that Wang Gongchang was ground zero for the Big Bang? Maybe, maybe not. Let's do the math. If the official information was correct, the daily production capacity of Wang Gongchang Armory was about two tons of black powder with another 1,000 tons in stock. After analysis of the impact of the explosion, scientists estimate that to cause the same amount of destruction would require 10 to 20,000 tons of TNT going off all at once. And since the black powder produced at Wang Gongchang was nowhere near that amount and not as powerful as TNT to begin with, the official theory is far from convincing. Some believe it was an earthquake that opened Pandora's box. But even then, you've got a lot of unanswered questions. Why did a few major buildings near the epicenter remain intact? It's also worth mentioning that the Ming government had always attached great importance to the monitoring of earthquakes. The Agency of Astronomy had long been set up for that purpose. How come the agency never issued any notice or warning of an impending earthquake or even just an escalation of tremor frequency before the explosion? Others attribute the explosion to a meteor crash. Now, I kind of like this theory. It would explain the initial rumbling sound that accompanied the blast, but not the whereabouts of all those missing clothes. But what if the meteor landed directly on the gunpowder factory? Hmm, kind of makes you wonder. Still, the Agency of Astronomy had their eyes on the sky the whole time, and they never said anything about a meteor either before or after the event. Despite quite a number of hypotheses from academia, no consensus has been reached so far concerning what triggered the deadly blast. Equivalent to an atomic bomb in terms of its destructive power, the Tenchi explosion, which happened some 400 years ago, is considered one of three major mysteries in recorded history yet to be solved. If you're into solving puzzles, the other two are a 3,600-year-old event called Mound of the Dead that occurred in ancient India and Russia's Tunguska event that occurred in 1908. Come to think of it, now there's a new mystery. With the Tenchi explosion in the city's past, why did it take so long to ban those firework stands from the street corners of my neighborhood well that's the end of our podcast our theme music is by the famous film score composer Rock Chun we want to thank our writer Liu Wei Tao translator Yang Guang and copy editor Pu Ren and thank you for listening We hope you enjoyed it and if you did, please tell a friend so they too can understand the context.